Yo, 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 Jazz, we ready to go? Let's get it. I want you to say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Life of Lips. Let's go. This moment's past you. Grab you a pet in the pad. Life is moving too fast. Slow down. Live you a life of list. Don't let this moment was past you. Grab you a pen in the pad. Life is moving too fast. Slow down. Live you a life of list. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Life of List. And y'all know I will not ever, ever start an episode without shouting out Possibility Studios. That's what we're recording in Paradigm Shift for powering this wonderful production. And I think I'm going to start a new thing here. I'm going to shout out my producer, Jazz. Yo, yo, what's up, Jazz? We ready? Y'all know it in the intro. Every single time, even though you don't hear her voice, everything that comes out of this microphone is touched by Jazz, and so I want to show her some love as well. Yo, today's session is called My Neighbor Asked. Asked me. My neighbor asked me. You know, I can't jump in without going back. So let me give you a little backstory real quick. So my neighbor... We'll call him Oscar. That's not his real name. Y'all know how we do out here in the literary universe. We can't use real names all the time. My guy is about 60 years old. He's in his mid-60s. And Oscar has kids my age, actually. Uh, Oscar's always well put together. Shirt is pressed. Tucked into his nice jeans or his khakis. He's walking around in his, his freshly minted new balances. Uh, Oscar and his wife... They uh, bought a lot next to us. Actually, we we bought a lot next to them. They were there when the housing addition that we moved into were built. And he bought not only his lot, but the lot next to him uh, because they love to garden and they wanted to kind of protect that space. And so uh, one of the reasons that I garden to this day is because of Oscar letting my kids come over and they would bring us fruits and vegetables. And it was it was a really cool situation. Well, um, one of the things that that. Uh, they they absolutely love to do was um, they love to watch out for their their physical and their psychological health, um, and that sometimes include being out in the neighborhood and walking and uh, talking to the neighbors. And of course, since our houses were right up next to each other, I, we actually shared a fence. I uh, I talked to um, Oscar quite a bit, and uh, and so one day I'm out in my 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 front yard, and I'm just kind of standing there. And uh, we had been hit with these rains, just back-to-back rains. And for anybody that that lives in Oklahoma or, or lives in a climate like Oklahoma, you can go days without water or you can go days with a lot of water, right? It's, it can be hot one time. I think we had a stretch a few years ago with above 95 degrees. Uh, and then it can, it can have an ice storm and we could tornado the next week. And we just got a lot of stuff going on in Oklahoma. But this very specific time, I had just missed days and days and days of rain. I had just gotten out to the yard. I hadn't mustered up the motivation to cut my, my, my front yard. And for some reason, I just let it get away from me. And I can always tell when I let my yard get away from me because whenever I'm driving, pulling into the driveway, or I'm coming out checking my mail, people drive by the house and they kind of give you that, that look that it's time to cut your grass look, that why your grass so high look, that you a terrible homeowner look, that you driving my property value down look. Yeah, I know the look, the look that people give you when you're not doing what you're supposed to, that look where your trash can been out uh, in front of your house for two days longer than the trash day look. Y'all know the look that when your kids being too loud playing outside look, y'all know the look that people give y'all. Well, Listen, it wasn't like I was happy about it because I actually had to be 
uh, the one to cut it. I knew it was bad. I'm, I admit it was bad, right? Uh, and, and, and this is how I know that it had gotten to the level of badness, right? The ultimate level is when the the people who cut yards drive around and they leave notes on your door. <laughs> so I finally got a note. I was like, you know what? Okay, it's 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 too much, right? I, I can't do it. Um, I mean, I when I when I when I started to get out there and I was walking around, snakes were in the grass, like. Uh, birds were making like little nests. Like it was bad. It was bad. It was, I got to admit it. Bad. Anyhow, so I come home one day and I decide that I'm going to do it. So I finally, I throw on uh, some random set of clothes from the dirty clothes basket because I didn't want to put on clean clothes to go get dirty. I lit the garage door. I drag my mower out of the driveway uh, and I give it a few yanks to, to try to start it, but it won't start. I pull it again, doesn't start. I checked the the air filter, I checked the oil, I checked the gas. Like, I'm doing everything that I know how to do, and I'm just yanking this thing away, and it will not start. Well, of course, because Oscar, uh, he keeps his property up. Remember, Oscar's the the type of guy that's going to come out and his button up with his shirt tucked in his pants with the freshly minted New Balance. Like, he's got the garden next door. His yard is always well manicured. Oscar comes out, and and he hears me yanking at this lawnmower. And, and by this time, I'm sure I'm audibly, visibly frustrated. And and he says, hey, um, um, you want to use my mower? And uh, I said, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. Just prideful, right? I'm I'm going to fix the mower. I, I'm a good property owner. I just let my grass get away from me. I've been traveling. Like, I'm going to cut the grass. I'm going to cut the grass. And, and, and he asked me again. He said, um, uh, do you need some help? Um, and I said, nope, I'm good. I'm good. In fact, in fact, uh, Oscar said, you know what, Derek? I know, I know you're, you're, you're out here and you want to do it on your own. How about you let me go get my mower and we'll cut it together? Oscar said, we will cut the grass together. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. Um, you know what, Oscar? I'm going to do, do it on my own. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it right now. Uh, and, and in fact, I'm going to cut my whole yard with a weed eater. A weed eater. So prideful that I said, I'm going to cut my whole overgrown front yard with snakes and birds nest. I'm going to just cut it by myself. Oscar tried to talk me out of it. Of course, I was stubborn and bullheaded. And and actually, I was kind of offended that he would come over and even offer. Uh, But two hours later, sore feet, sore hands, sore back. The front yard was chopped down. And... um, and it didn't look good. <laughs> it didn't look good. Um, and, and, and as I, I raked up the grass and I filled up both of my trash cans, I kind of walked into my garage and gave Oscar this sort of smug, hey, I told you I'd do it type of thing. Little did I know over the next three days, I would pay for that decision. Literally miss work the next three days. Body was shut down. It was so hard to do what I did. And what I didn't know is that by doing that, I broke trust with Oscar. I heard Oscar's feelings. And that was the last time that Oscar ever offered to do anything for me again. Keep in mind, me and Oscar had a really, really great relationship up until that moment. They would bring us fruits and vegetables, and uh, I would get mail over to the house, and he would call me. We had each other's numbers, and the kids would drive up and down in front of the— or they would, uh, on their bikes, go up and down the street, and we just had this really cool relationship— But when Oscar 
felt safe enough to see me struggle and come offer some assistance, I denied it. And so I want to jump off this conversation today with this quote. Pride will keep you where you want to be, but it won't get you where you need to be. Ooh, that's so good. Pride will keep you where you want to be, but it won't get you to where you need to be. I'll say it one more time. Pride will keep you where you want to be, but it won't get you where you need to be. I was so confident. I was so comfortable just in my pride. Just, I'm going to do it. I'm a good homeowner, right? Uh, by asking, by asking to help me with my front yard, you 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 question my manhood. You question me as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, as a neighbor, as a homeowner. You like you you're bringing everything to the table by asking me if I need some help. I so, come on, somebody honk your horn if you're in a car right now. If you can identify it, you've been in a place where somebody's asked you, "Hey man, you need to borrow some money? Hey, you need some money?" Hey, you need a ride? Hey, you need me to pick your kids up? Hey, you need some food? Somebody's out there has been asked if you needed help. And for some reason, help means that we don't have it. And we don't have it under control. And that we can't do it on our own. For some reason, receiving help, asking for help, for some reason, we've equated that to being beneath or low or less than, and I want to break that today. I want to break that, that misnomer, that myth, that because you need somebody to come alongside you, that it means that you don't have it. I want to break that today. Because for, for me, what I've realized is that every time I've asked for help, that I have people around me who rush, who flood to help me. They consider it an honor and a privilege that I ask them to help in the same way that when I'm able to help people that I feel honored, that I feel privileged, that I feel the joy of being able to do something and help somebody because I have that gift or I have that talent or I have that money or I have that car. Isn't that, isn't that a really cool feeling when, when you're able, whether you solicit it or not, whether you're, you're asked or not, that you're able to step in and contribute to help when you see somebody that needs something and you have what they need, that you're able to meet what they need, isn't that so cool? Yet somehow the thing that I receive joy from doing, the thing that I enjoy doing, which is helping, I was offended when somebody asked to do the thing for me. So bad, so bad. And when I, and when I didn't receive that help, it kept me in a place of tall grass of snakes, of birds. I ended up hurting my body. I ended up doing something that could have took it that could have taken 30 minutes. It took me 2 hours. And there's somebody out there right now who won't ask for help. I do this thing called man up with uh Waylon Cubitt and Taylor Doe and some people here in Oklahoma City that are some really cool influencers, that are some really cool human beings, that are some really cool leaders, really cool mentors in our community. And we do this thing called Man Up. And we get these uh, young men and we bring them to this retreat location. We take them away from their families and their friends and we get them in a new space to where they have to meet us and they have to rely on us and they have to meet and rely on other people that are participating. And we have this activity called the, the Blind Maze. And it's really just a rope in a circle. 
and we blindfold them and we put them in and we call it this maze and they have to hold on to the rope and they have to keep holding on to the rope. And we tell them before they get in, we say, listen, there is a way out. And at any point in time that you feel frustrated, raise your hand and ask for help. And without fail, these young men will not ask for help. They will walk in circles for 15, 20, 30 minutes. They'll just walk in a circle. And they'll say out loud, man, this is a circle. This ain't a maze. This is a circle. And they'll get super frustrated and they'll know the answer. But the way to get out is to ask for help. And they won't do it. What have we done as a society? What have we done as parents? What have we done as community leaders where people feel shame for asking for help? What have we done as, as supervisors and managers at jobs where, where people feel bad for asking for help? I used to love when, my, when my, my, my kids came up to me and they would hold a toy and they'd be like, Daddy, help. I, I would be like, yes, of course I can because I'm super dad because I have all the answers, young three-year-old, young four-year-old. What do you mean you want me to open that pickle jar? I roll my sleeves up and I flex my muscles and I go, and I open that pickle jar with all the ease in the world. And they look at me with these beautifully colored eyes of admiration and respect because I was able to help them. And yet somewhere along the line, in between independence and dependence, where I'm trying to get them to grow up and do things on their own, and I want them to open the jar by themselves and to solve the problem by themselves and to do the thing by themselves, something has happened to where they feel like they cannot come back and ask for help. There are people who are hungry who won't ask for help. People who are living in homes with no water and light that won't ask for help. There are people that would much rather walk five miles than ask for a ride. And I think it's less about them, and it's more about us. I think it's about the people who are the help givers. True, there's, a, there's an element of pride there. I understand that there are people who need to ask, who need to open their mouths and ask for the thing, but I think there's something that's happened in our society where we've made asking for help a bad thing, where we've made it seem like if you ask for help, like we're looking down, like we're handing things down, right? Where it's like we pat them on the head when we help, oh, poor little person, you couldn't do the thing. Here's the thing that you asked for. We step back with our, our chest out and our pride bleem, uh, shining bright and, uh, and, and, and gleaming bright. Like we, we just have this, something has happened along the way. And so I want to say two things. I want to say two things. I know I said pride will keep you where you are but it won't get you where you need to be. Pride will keep you where you want to be, in that comfortable place, but it won't get you where you need to be. That's for both sides. That's for both sides. On one side, I want us to say, I want us to, to think about this. Let us not be so prideful that we don't seek the help of others. When we are able to rally around each other, that, I believe, is an element of community that we're missing. When we're able to rally around, people used to say it takes a village. It takes a village, not only to raise human beings, but it takes a village for, to, to get peace. It takes a village to establish harmony. It takes a village to establish unity, right, and equity and equality. It takes a village to get on the same, but not just to raise kids. It takes a village. It, it takes us to do those things. So on one side, if you need help, whether it's, 
with anything, mental health, whether it's to start a business, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your marriage, whether it's with uh, keeping your home, whether it's whatever it is, I want us to swallow our pride and start reaching out for help. And on the other side, the helpers, I need us to make sure when people reach out to ask for help, that we don't make them feel bad, that we don't make them feel like it's less. Because I believe that everybody in some capacity did not get where they are without the help of others. Keep in mind, pride will keep you where you want to be, in that place where I feel like I have all the control and I don't need anybody else and I did it on my own and there's a sense of accomplishment. That place right there, it can be a place of, of, of uh, confinement and it, it restricts us from reaching our greatest potential when we feel like we don't need others. But on the flip side of that quote, if pride keeps us where we want to be, but it, it won't help us get where we need to be, that's the other side. Uh, of the helpers. I want us to make sure that when people reach out to us, we don't make them feel bad. I know sometimes it's an inconvenience. I know sometimes it's difficult and it's not easy to help others. But I think if we are fortunate enough, we are blessed enough to be in a place to help others, we should do that thing with gratitude. We should be thankful and grateful that we have the means to help others in any capacity, whether it's food, whether it's money, or whether it's advice. I want us to not only give joyfully, but to give liberally. I'm not talking about conservative liberally. I'm talking about liberally as in abundantly. If we can help, if somebody asks for $1, I want us to give two. If somebody asks for five minutes, I want us to give 10. I want us to be generous with the things that we have because we didn't get somewhere without someone helping us. So my neighbor asked if I needed help mowing my grass. And all these years later, I can stand confident on this microphone and say that I should have said yes. For those of you out there, I want you to ask. Not only ask for help, but I want us to be so in tune with the people around us that we ask if others need help. I want us to have on our compassionate goggles. I want us to look for ways, creative ways, innovative ways to fill the gaps around us. Because remember, it's not only pride on one end, it's pride on both. And right now, where we are, I guarantee you, is not necessarily where we need to be. As long as there's people around us who need help, we got work to do. Ask the question, do you need some help? Hopefully, you say yes. Thanks again for listening to another episode of My Life of List, hosted by yours truly, Derek Sire, powered by Paradigm Shift, recorded in the Possibility Studios, signing off until next time. Don't let that small moments pass you. Grab you a pen and a pad. Life is moving too fast. Slow down. Live you a life of list.